Hi, I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And I'm Angelica Yard. And we're the heart behind the Heart and Hustle podcast. Every Wednesday, we share a new episode with our listeners on topics that range from business and creativity to leadership and innovation. We also interview some of the best and brightest in the industry and spread our love of entrepreneurship all over the internet with our hashtag, BossSoHard. We're on a mission to help you find balance in your life, creativity in your career, and dollars in your bank account. So sit back, relax, and take notes while we show you how to dream big, work hard, and repeat. Hello. Welcome back. We are really excited today because we're going to kind of do something a little bit different. Um, we're going to do, because I feel like we, for, it's not that we forget to do these. It's just that when we get into interviews with people, they end up being sometimes longer than we could guess, which we like. We like long interviews with people because we're learning the whole time and you're learning the whole time. So that's great. But a lot of times we don't get time for listener questions nope. at the end. Um, <laughs> we've had them like, you know, scheduled into our outline for the past, you know, a few episodes and had to skip them just because the episode would then be like two hours yeah. long and it would just kind of be a little bit much. So today we're going to do an entire episode of just your listeners questions your questions um so we're really really excited about it It should be fun and maybe we'll do this every so often um because i like answering questions i don't know why like i yeah we ask all questions all the time so we never get to uh be on the flip side of it so it's just kind of fun and i just you know i think we like to hear what y'all want to hear about and you know, make sure that we're answering questions that are helping you move forward in your business and everything. So go forth and make money. Yes. <laughs> Tis the season to dollar dollar bill y'all, right? <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> I think so. That sounds, sounds right. Sounds accurate. I mean, yeah, it's a good, I feel like a lot of businesses are in season right now. Um, and a lot of the ones that aren't will be in season in January. So they're like prepping now to be God in season. Them. I feel like there's just like a lot of entrepreneurship, uh, ven- like ventures that are in yeah. season Yeah, even the people who are just like holiday seasonal, this is their like Yeah, Olympics, this is so like the time. Totally it. Yeah, and it's crazy because, I mean, we've got like Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, Black Friday all coming up like just yeah. next week. So that's like right around the corner. And I know that a lot of entrepreneurs like take that time to, you know, also do sales. So it's not just like the big box stores so if you are looking for sales during this season and like you know at the end of the day of course we all want to save money and that's understandable check out a small business instead of like waiting in line at walmart or target or whatever like yeah don't do that just like check out online go to like instagram look up some of your you know favorite small business owners that you know and i i bet you a lot of them are going to be having some sort of holiday deals for small business saturday so try to do that instead of wasting money and the hashtag small business Saturday. yeah do that you'll find yeah. A shop that you can be shopping from right now. Yeah, because it's dangerous to go out on Black Friday it's and it looks scary. To go outside in December if you live this close to yeah. Touristville. So it's very true. <laughs> All right. So our first question is I upped my prices and now I'm not booking anything. What do I do? Um, this is a great question because I feel like a lot of times when people finally get the courage to up their prices, which I think is always a great thing, um, a lot of times, like, they don't, like, they'll hear, like, crickets for a minute, yeah. and then they just freak out, and, and they're like, oh, my God, I yeah, got to drop them lower. again. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the two problems with this, especially, like, if you have, like, um, a business or a website where pricing is, like... Listed. Yeah, where it's listed, and it's very, like, transparent because of, like, what you do. Um, that looks bad, I want to say, just because it looks like, you know, you're kind of telling people, like, eh, well, you can kind of... 
Yeah, you negotiate these prices. Then you're opening yourself up to be bargained with. Exactly. If that's what you want to do, go for it. But nine times out of ten, I'm sure that's not the result that you're looking for. And I'm I'm gonna go ahead and assume that this listener took the time to make sure that like this was like fair pricing for their area, that it made sense for you know their demographic and all those sort of things. So if that's the case, and you have um you know major prices rise, and you are feeling confident like at first, and then not hearing anything. Give it time, number one. Like, Rome wasn't built in a day. Sometimes, yeah. like, it might just not be, like, the best time for booking or, or one of those things. Like, if you hadn't raised prices and you didn't book for a little bit, like, you might not be as stressed out about it. So ask yourself that. Like, would I be as stressed out about this not booking if it was because of that? And then also, you need to just kind of go hardcore into marketing at that yeah. point. You and need to make you sure. You need to look at your target yeah. market because maybe your audience has changed a little bit versus absolutely you when your prices were lower. So maybe you're trying to attract the same clientele, but that's not the clientele that matches the prices that you have currently. So, so look at other people that are um, doing what you do also as an example that are like in your market and are in the price range that you want to be in or have now put yourself in. See what they're doing. See, you know, what they're doing on social media, how they're marketing, that sort of thing. Do some things that are outside of the box so that you're making sure to attract um, that clientele that you want to attract. And also make sure that, that your work represents that sort that of... Exactly. Exactly. For, um, That's... That's a big part of it. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Because it's like, you know, I think photography is an easy one to use because it's just so, like, transparent. So it's like if you have a photographer that is, um, I don't even know what the right word to use is. Let's say that they're... Experienced? Is that a better word? Yes. They're, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's a Let's say word. that they're very, very inexperienced, and it's very clear and shows in their work yeah. that they're just very, just very inexperienced. It's just basics, like rule of thirds and yeah. lighting and And so cropping. if they're going in and pricing themselves, you know, at four grand for a wedding, they're probably not going to see a lot of interest because their work is not really representing what it is that they're putting out there. Um, so just make sure that, you know... Your work is like and and ask people that you can actually trust um, people in your industry, friends, that sort of thing for some feedback on that sort of thing. But I mean, a lot of times like we know, like we know where we're at, you know, it's like I know that I can't charge what Wildcat Echo charges because they just they do better work than me. And that's that's fine. Um, I know that. And I feel that's why I put myself in the area of pricing that I'm in. And I'm booking at that price because it is the right price for me, you know. Um, so just make sure that you're aware of all that. But yeah, don't don't just like jump ship and think, oh, like this isn't the right price. I got to drop it. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah. Give yourself some time and really go hard on marketing first. True story. So our second question is every time I hire a virtual assistant, they end up not getting important things done on time, not staying on task, et cetera, et cetera. How do I find a good VA? Well, <laughs> I think a lot of the times people, first of all, contracts being things, um, if your contract doesn't completely stately outline what the duties are expected to be as they expect for the price that you're paying your VA, then that is a very easy way for your VA to just start slacking on things. So number one, mm-hmm. make sure that your your paperwork is in order. Number two, um, it's important for you to kind of follow up with this person again. I, I, I get it because there are people who don't do things. I totally understand. 
But if you're not following up and if you're not putting your foot down and saying, hey, I'm giving hard deadlines. So I think a lot yeah. of times entrepreneurs, especially when they work with other entrepreneurs, tend to be more soft and kind of slacking and saying, okay, like if you can get this done when you can. Yeah, when you have time. I say that time, all the time to and people. Instead of when like, you have time, could oh, you have this that. done by yeah. Friday at 12 in time, including time, I'm not just saying dates, or Friday by end of day. And that's something that we do a lot with our clients mm-hmm. is we try to give them an exact time so they know when to expect something because then it make, puts the fire under me that I have to get that done. So if you're not putting that fire in that person that they have an exact date and time of having something done and completed to you, then you're also kind of slacking your way. If you've done all that and this person is not working out and they're just kind of like diddle-daddling, then it's time to A, find a new VA and just let them know, oh, this is not going to work out. Um, I had expectations. You weren't meeting these expectations. Have that hard conversation. Don't keep paying someone yeah. if they're not doing yeah. what you've paid them to do. Um, and finding a good VA is just by simply following the work that they do. So if you hire someone as a VA to run your social and you go, and I get it, like hairdressers have the worst hair, blah, blah, blah. But if they can't keep, ask for examples, one, of the work that they're doing. So mm-hmm. if they if their social media is kind of unimpressive, then maybe they have really good examples from, in, from people that are Yeah, people media. that they work right. for. references mm-hmm. the same way you would hire any employee. Um, you need to ask Yeah, say references things. are huge because I feel like you can go to other entrepreneurs who, right. if you know you have a friend that's an entrepreneur that has a virtual assistant and they're doing well and enjoying mm-hmm. working with them, talk to them and get their information. Yeah, I think because that's just the like, easiest thing Yeah, to do, I think honestly. that that's like one of the... I know that there's a lot of um, like online... Uh, what would you call it? Like... Uh, programs or whatever where yeah. you can go and look up and I guess they're kind of vetted. Yeah, like similar to like, yeah, whatever. similar to like Rover for like pet sitting. Um, so I mean, that's one way to do it. But I feel like it's also just as easy to go into yeah, like a Facebook group or talk to somebody yeah. and say, hey, who has a really great VA who they're really enjoying working with and kind of going from there because if you, if they're already doing the work for someone else right. um, and then, you know, bonus points if it's like similar types of work. So if you know yeah. that somebody has a VA that runs you know, all their books or, you know, whatever it is, particularly like, you know, schedules their meetings or whatever it is that they do. And you're looking for the same things. That's going to be a good person. And that's, I think one of the benefits of like talking to a person as opposed to like using a website is that you can find out what their strengths are specifically, because just like anyone else, like one virtual assistant isn't necessarily going to be able to do really well and efficiently every single thing that, is virtual people, assistant work. Um, yeah. Make the mistake of thinking virtual assistants are supposed to be good at everything. And like you said, each virtual assistant yeah. has their own skill set of things they're supposed to do. And I also think it's kind of, I get kind of irritated when people are like, I'm trying to find a VA who can also develop websites, who can also design websites, who can it's also like, do. That's, that's not, not a VA. VA. That's not a VA at all. <laughs> it's but you not. need someone else to do your job. And yeah. You need to start hiring that employees. That is not a VA. It's that's like, just an excuse to pay You're just hiring a, a developer. You're right. just hiring a designer. So if like, you can't hire, afford a developer yeah. at the price that they're supposed to be paid at or design at the price they're supposed to be paid at, then don't go to a VA and then start paying them 8 to $10 exactly. an hour to do all these tasks that you are now reaping the benefits off of and you're just sleeping well. So that's also something to think of. You may not need a VA. You yeah, may need exactly. to hire someone that is, a contractor. That is very true. If you're trying to, you know, have a VA do jobs like that, that I've is I've seen a lot of VA requests that are like, I'm looking for a WordPress guru, which, ugh, ugh, expert, da 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 who can go in and update databases. I'm like, that's not a VA, friend. It's not a VA. <laughs> so, not. yeah, just be sure you know what you're asking for. Um, and... I think the refer- I think honestly the referral method is probably mm-hmm. the number one thing to do. Ask somebody who's in your field who's doing the same thing to you, as you if they have a VA or if they know anyone, and then work your way from there. Yeah, and I think it's it's just really important to. I mean, I'm really glad you brought that up about just 
making sure that you're hiring people and calling it the right thing and paying mm-hmm. them the right wage because really like we are the ones we are our industry we create our industry we create the standards so if there's something you don't like about the industry it's like one of us is the one doing that and that's really something that we don't want to do because we don't want clients to not pay us what we're right. worth so oh we certainly goodness. don't want to be not paying each other yeah, what we're fr- worth because um, i had a work camp this past weekend and so my friend was saying if you're hiring a contractor then you need to pay that contractor no matter what. The contractor is not being hired by your client. So if your client exactly. doesn't pay you, oh, well, mm-hmm. that's not your contractor's fault. You need to be sure that you have enough money to pay them regardless of if you receive a payment late or not. And I, I think that's my number one pet peeve. Yeah. People are like, I'm waiting to get paid on the client. That's like, not my problem. Not your problem. And it's funny because I actually take money, um, like, I take it, like, I've been taking a larger amount up front. Um, it with it like basically like a deposit and a first payment at the same yeah. time because I'm just like listen and I pay that out to contractors first yeah. um, because I'm just like at the end of the day because it's it's it tends to be the last payment that if you ever do have a client that you're like mm-hmm. trying to hunt them down it tends to be that last payment that they, that they hold on. exactly so that is my payment and you know obviously i want to be paid and being paid is great but i'm going to make sure that anybody i work with is like you said paid regardless like they need to be paid because i don't want to do to them what a client might do to me there's no way helping at all the relationship so i'm yeah yeah, that's some things to think about all right so number three i feel so overwhelmed by social media every day it just seems like there's a new platform which ones should i actually use Okay, so I'll start this out. (laughs) I'll start this out by saying that depending on what your business is, and if you need social media and you're not really into the idea of like maybe being the face of your brand, or maybe you are, but you just you're really overwhelmed and you're just like, I don't want to learn all this or whatever. Hire someone else to do your social media. media This is exactly why this is a position. This is why this is a job. Um, there are many people that do it for all different sorts of types of accounts and types of businesses and nonprofits. Um, it's not like, it's not easy to do. It's not like, that's the reason why people get paid for it. Like I was just talking, I had a conference call with these people from a nonprofit recently, and these are all like super accomplished, awesome, super fantastic people that have had amazing careers so far. They're like much older than me, way more impressive, more talented, and they just don't know how to do social media. And so that's like, they're hiring me to do that. It doesn't mean that like, they're not accomplished, amazing, talented right. people. So don't think that you need to know how to do everything and if social media is not your jam, it's okay to hire people. Now, if you're like, listen, I like it. I just feel overwhelmed. Like I do want to learn. It is something that I think I would like to do and enjoy doing every day, but I just don't really know where to start. Um, the first thing that I would say is, you know, find out which platform you enjoy the most and kind of start spending time there. Because if you, if you're going to be doing it yourself, it's, it's really, I think important to kind of enjoy it. So if you're like, listen, I freaking hate Facebook. Um, and I love being on Instagram, spend more time on Instagram. That's fine. And make sure that your Instagram is like your shining example of social media. Um, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be on those other platforms and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to be somewhat consistent with those other platforms, but it's okay to spend majority of your time on one platform. And as long as you're going in on that one, you're communicating with other people, you're connecting with clients and, you know, other businesses, you're being consistent in your daily posts and, and all those sort of things. So make sure that at least there's 
one platform that you're doing that for. And at this point, you know, with the changes coming that have come to Instagram and, and to Twitter and everything, and just the way that each industry is so different in where um, they spend their time and how they get the information, whatever, I don't really think there's a right or wrong, no, like, there's place no long, for it. Yeah, and there's no longer a formula, I feel like, that works either. No. Some people, if anybody tries to sell you on this formula works, they're, yeah. they're BSing because, number one, the APIs are changing. There are AI. It's going to be your own formula each, specific yeah, to your business. And there's AI in each platform. And AI is artificial mm-hmm. intelligence. It's not run by a certain sing- singularity or anything. It runs organically. It's learning. It's changing. Yeah. It's learning from behavior of all the users of certain things. Instagram right now is t- um, testing out following hashtags. That's something that they just started rolling out in terms of phase beta testing. So, I mean, that's something that completely changes the game, right? Yeah. Because if you have a hashtag you've been using for your brand, like we use Boss mm-hmm. So Hard. So now we can tell people instead of just following us look at for boss so hard instead of having yep. to follow us individually you can follow everybody yep. in the community exactly to this podcast so yeah things change all the and, time and that's yeah to say they're just going to be constantly changing so I, I again i think if you're going to do it yourself it's important to be spending your time on a platform that you enjoy i will tell you that like most of the time i don't really enjoy facebook which is why you don't really see me posting there a lot um I think that Are they, there people who genuinely enjoy Facebook? God bless I don't them. know. I guess maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't enjoy it. Like I used to when I was full time just with my photography business. I loved Facebook. I got all my business and my referrals from there. It was a beautiful relationship between me and Facebook and it was fantastic. Um, now I don't really like it as much. I don't use it very often. Um, I like it for groups, but I don't really get to be as active in groups as I want to. That's going to be one of my goals for, uh, 2018 is to be more active in, in groups. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I really love Instagram and I love Twitter. Um, I love Twitter, not really so much for work, um, but more for, right. just um, for like political stuff and social activism. And then I like Instagram for work. So, you know, everybody has their own thing that they're going to like. So just make sure that you're enjoying it because, and I think that any part of your job that you hate and that you can afford to outsource, you should. So if you really dislike it, outsource it. If you like it and you like a particular platform, spend your time there. Yeah. Or like don't because I'm not right now and it's, I'm still yeah. paying my bills. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing that I think is really Depending important. Depending on your industry, you don't like. Because, you, you know, I to. learned that a lot from, again, another thing I learned from Elle from Wildcat Echo because they're not always super active on social and I have found yeah. myself lately like being so piled up with work that like. I haven't been as active on social and I'm like, you know what? That's fine. Like for me, what I find is that when I plan everything out ahead of time, I'm perfect. When I don't, I, I, I'm not. So, you know, I haven't had the time to plan things out and that's fine. You're going to sometimes go through times where you're not going to be perfect with it and that's okay too. So if you don't want to, just don't. I promise you, you can pay your bills without social media and being like a crazy person. I don't. But just know that if you're going to pay your bills without social media, you do have to do what Angelica always says, which is go outside. outside. So if you don't want to go outside, you probably are going to. I rely on social media a little bit more. Yeah, you have to go get a job. Yeah, yeah. You got to do. You have to go get a job. You have to work for someone else, which is fine. I mean, there's ways to work for some other people that you don't have to go outside or have social media. You can work for like one of us. (laughs) That's fine. Mm -hmm. For real, totally. So, um, a friend and I worked on a project and it did not go well. And that happens all the time. How do we move past this and keep our friendship intact? So it sounds like your friendship is still intact because you're asking a question about it. Um, otherwise you wouldn't be asking cause it's not going well. 
because um, that person's probably not talking to you. And I think this is something that I have, I haven't personally experienced because I work with my friends all the time and it's pretty awesome, but I've seen this happen with other people and t- in a catastrophic level and mm. also in a way where it's just kind of, they it was a lesson learned, like, yeah. oh, we, we can't work together, we're too different. And again, I go back to, number one, the rules of working with friends, because I think people are always, and we get this from our parents because they learned this a lot from their parents and from the people before them, is that working with friends and family is always a bad idea and you're going to step in the back and blah, blah, blah. But I think also because people have relationships with people they care about, that they are less likely to be very formal and write things down. Mm -hmm. And so I am, again, 100% on that. If it's not written down, it doesn't exist. And I think I have a note of something. I think I I tweeted it or something that uh, my friend said during his talk about if it's not documented, it's up for dispute. This Mm. is exactly the quote that he said. Yes, very true. Yeah, so if it's not documented, it's up for dispute. And that goes in any partnership and anything. So any type of solo venture between you and a client, a partnership with you and a friend or another person, contractor, if it's not written down, then there can be arguments about it because it's a he said, she said, we said, whoever said, they said uh, type of situation. And to avoid that, just write things down. So I think if you did not do that in the beginning and you've already gotten to the point where it's not working, you guys have fallen out, I think you just need to sit down and have an honest conversation about the downfalls and accept the responsibility on your end and have the, and if the person doesn't accept responsibility on their end because two people did something wrong for things to go bad it's not yeah. just one person on one side so if neither one of you or if you're the person that's accepting responsibility they, they don't want to then unfortunately I feel like that's just something that you either agree to just move past mm-hmm. or you're saying I can't move past this because your values didn't align with mine on this project or you did something that I feel is unforgivable and I just feel like our friendship sure friendship wow <laughs> friendship is not uh at the place that it needs to be and I've seen this I mean it sucks it really does suck when it's bad but I think it sounds like or if you're in a place where you you just something just happened I think it, the quicker you have the conversation about it the better if you let it hold out and, and kind of drag out then you start to have thoughts about things yes. that may not have been accurate or may have been true so now you're talking to other people about it and other people are saying oh, did you know that maybe this person was thinking that? And so now there's all these people involved and it's just become a huge thing when it could have been a very simple thing. So I think if you're working with somebody and you guys are having disagreements, one, pause the project and figure out where you can meet. If you cannot meet, then separate and end your partnership, continue the project, and then work on the friendship at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that like it it happens to a lot of people, especially if you do work with friends. Um, I think that it's important to remember that people are people and people make mistakes and people are not perfect. Yeah, all the time. And sometimes if we see someone only as a friend and there's somebody that we laugh with and grab coffee with and, you know, go to the park with and enjoy their company and double date or whatever it is, you're not seeing them like that's a friend. And then there's it's a different situation yeah. when you see and someone as a business person or an entrepreneur. Exactly. Like, I feel like I had seen you as an entrepreneur before we started this venture. Um, and so that was helpful to me. There's other people that I've worked with that I haven't really seen as an entrepreneur. And so when we did work together, it was kind of like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. That's not, you know, exactly what I was planning to get myself into. Um, I think it's important to know, like if you had a falling out over something that, you know, 
was really bad. It's okay to not be friends with people. Oh, yeah. It is like, like, don't let it be about business. Like if this person literally like, like if you were, you know, working on a project together and they stole like money or something, yeah. you know, which something is, like which that. Is the thing that happened with the thing that I'm talking about was super catastrophic. It was a thing where yeah. the, in the beginning, it was obvious that the values were not aligned in the project. And I think that should have been the red flag for this not to continue amongst yeah. the friends, but they decided to go ahead anyway. And so things like that, like mm. the, the stealing yeah. money or whatever, started to become more apparent as the project went forward. And it was too late at this point. Like, yeah, you to get out. And you can't come back from a friendship if your friend is like stealing from you. Know what I mean? You yeah, exactly. Like, it's like it's okay things. to yeah. acknowledge that there are people that are not good people, and sometimes we become friends with those people and. And you don't we, know there. We don't know that, yeah, until, until we're in, in that situation. And yeah. I have been. I am very. It's like I like to think of myself as a good judge of character, but then I'm also too nice. Um, and so I've had not like business wise, but I've had friends that ended up like not being good people. Um, who, and I've had to not yeah, be in those friendships anymore. And so, who, so sometimes um, it's just like a situation where you would have found out anyway. Anyways, right. you're just because you're an entrepreneur, you're finding out the way you're finding out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's people who are influenced as well by other factors, and a lot of times, especially if it's a uh, a person, but they're married, and da da da, and then their spouse comes in and they say, "Oh, I feel like you're doing mm-hmm. this amount of things on the project. I feel like you're doing this amount of work. Why are you doing?" And then it's outside inf- or friend or something. So then there's people who are good people, but the, yeah. unfortunately, they're very swayed by the people in their life to kind of make them aggressive yeah. or counteractive to the point or the agreements that you guys had in place, and then it's a, a problem from just outside force. So sometimes it's not even them; yeah. it's just the people around them that cause this and sometimes and I've seen this too where it's like this these two people go and they start this thing and then they have like this third friend who is jealous who's not involved in this thing and so now they're like oh well you know if you had done this with me or you know it seems like they're getting more time or whatever their faces yeah. on this more often why yeah. does it start with their name the stupidest thing so you yeah. also have to know that it's not always people have bad intentions or bad people it's just the people in their lives are not good people especially if they're envious of their success or if yeah. they're having friendships with people because i have a lot of i mean not a lot but i know people who like well, do not want their friends to be friends with their friends you know what i mean like it's like i'm friends with i this know person, exactly what you're talking about and that's so weird and that's to me. crazy yeah. to me especially as adult and I, these are all adults like this is not like a 20 year old so these are people who are in their 30s and 40s and that's Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about, and then it's like they get uncomfortable if you like hit it off with one. And if you are on Instagram, there's a movie that just came. It was not just came out; it came out over the summer um, with Aubrey Plaza and uh, Elizabeth uh, Olsen. Okay, and uh, Elizabeth and basically Aubrey Plaza is like the Instagram stalker, and she like stalks Elizabeth Olsen and becomes like like she gets money because her mom dies, moves to LA dyes her hair, like, stalks her around, because she's on Instagram, obviously, and so they mm. happenstance kind of meet up, and then it goes poorly, so she steals her dog, and then oh, it's like, yeah. well, of course she was on social media, my dog is still there, and then she returns the dog, and then she's, like, in, because, you know, she's a friend, she's a, the person who found the dog, and they all have these common oh, interests, wow. da 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 and so her biggest, like, she does all this crazy stuff to have this amazing day, she steals Ice Cube's son's truck, because that's her landlord, it's crazy, but then she gets put on Instagram on Elizabeth Olsen's 
Instagram, and that's like her life. Like she's like super that's like what her goal was. Yeah, she printed mm-hmm. out and put it in a frame and every. And I'm like, those are people. Those are people like that. That's I mean, crazy. It's, that's yeah. That's why. So I'm if like, you like first your tags in somebody first. else's Instagram and somebody don't like that, they're gonna come. They, now you're yeah. enemy number one. That's so like, I'm like first things first. It's like make sure that the person is a good person and the friendship is worth saving. Yeah. And that's 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 not putting business before right. anything or friendship or whatever. It's just making sure that they're a person that's worthy of your friendship and they're a good um, influence and positive person in your life. If that is the case and it was just one of those things that like, this kind of just got a little messy, we didn't handle it the best way, you know, that sort of thing, then if the project's over, then I would just go ahead and, you know, tell yourself like, well, I'm not going to be working with them again. See if you can just move past it. If if you have anything to apologize for, apologize. And let them know like, I love you so much. Like, we're great friends. We probably aren't the best at working together, but that's fine. Like we have our friendship, and right. then if it's if you're in the middle of the project, if there's any way that um, all parties can like, if it's like a like let's say like it's a project that's not a client project, but maybe like a, a fun creative project that you're gonna do or a product or something like that. If there's a way that you can end it, or if there's a way that you can both take certain work out of it and split it up and then do your own things, yep. then do that. If it's a client project, if there's a way to finish it, I would just because it's like at that point you're messing with money and things like that um but if it's like a long like we're talking like a four or five month project see if like talk to them about it and just be open and be like you know it seems like our working relationship isn't going really well i don't want this to affect our friendship where where should we go from here and have that conversation with them so yeah it just it does depend on like where you are at that moment but um yeah i mean like i I hate that like that's the kind of thought process. because i see this on groups all the time it's where people are like i don't want to work with my friends i hear it's bad business and i've work with my friends all the time and it's so like we have the best time and I don't know if it's just because we're crazy people or because of the documentation that goes well I think that you're beforehand. really great at documentation yeah, and, I mean, and that's something that I think is really important um because and it's funny because like I have a friend that just hired me recently to do work on a site and I'm like okay just know that like every time that we have a conversation even if it seems casual I'm gonna be sending you an email afterwards that outlines everything and he was like oh that's a little weird and I'm like it might be a little weird but that's just like how this is gonna go because if not you know things get messy so yeah I think that you know you're really good at documentation that's probably why there's not been any issues there's just like a paper trail for everything and it just makes things that much easier I do projects for friends and I make them sign paper you're like sign this paper Look. but it's so important because you know how many times do we hear people say oh I did a blo- like so and so for somebody for free and they ended up being the worst person yeah, I've ever worked like, with yeah. well because there were no guidelines they didn't exactly. know what to expect like I'm not saying like I'm not excusing their behavior they should have had it more together but, but you, you should have had it all yeah <laughs> it's like you have to know that like people don't regular people especially don't understand entrepreneurship yeah. so if you're giving people like oh I'm gonna like photograph this family's like holiday portraits yeah. for and free they might not know how like and you're and then you're thinking like they're gonna like tag you in photos and advertise for you whatever don't yeah, expect yeah, that you gotta happen. write it all down yeah. because and, um, people don't know how you do pro work. bono work also like just an unrelated side note for a nonprofit as a donation make sure you have that written down and an invoice yes. to them even though they're not paying because that way they know the amount so when you go to claim that on your business taxes as you should mm-hmm you make sure you have the value amount of what that work would have been. So that's just an extra business tip that you didn't ask for. You're welcome. (laughs) It happens. All right. um, Number five, I'm getting ready to make the jump from a regular job to my business being full time. I know that traditionally the work week is 40 hours. How do I know how many hours I should work now that I'm the boss? 
This is such an important question because when I first opened my business, I literally just worked all day until I was like exhausted. <laughs> so don't do I that. I, but I also think there are people who work 40 hours and then they're like, I'm not making any money. And it's like, oh, cute. You're so cute. So one, it depends on what business you have, A. Because a lot of businesses, depending on what they are, um, you can kind of automate some processes so it's not 40 hours of... Mm-hmm. Um, and number one, no business that you do, if especially you're just starting out, you're not doing 40 hours a week of billable hours. So I think people need to understand the difference. Yes. Billable hours and just other hours. So yeah, I can work anywhere from 60 to 70 hours on my business, but I'm probably doing 24 to 30 hours max. And that's me really pushing it uh, of billable hour work just because I don't do that. <laughs> I have a child. Um, that's not that. So when you hear people say, I worked 110 hours, not 110 hours for those hours are billable. So don't think you're getting a pound in the back because you worked 110 hours a week. A. Um, B, it's also, um, every, like I said, every industry is different, but you need to understand how much work you're willing to work mm-hmm. for the lifestyle that you want. Yes. So if you like nice things, you're going to work more hours, mm-hmm. regardless if you have employees or not. You're going to work more than 40 hours a week if you have a certain goal in mind. If you're trying to make six figures plus, you're going to work more than 40 hours a week. If you're like, I'm just trying to make $50,000 a year, I think you can get away with working a 40-hour week. Yeah, and then just be done, yeah. Totally. Um, so I think that that has a lot to do with it, but it doesn't. There's no set number. I don't think there's a. Also, I think it's a, like, you know, remember that like whatever you worked last week doesn't need to be the same. No. Yeah. As, yeah. It's, like, it no, doesn't need to be like a consistent no. number every single week. No, you don't. Need there's going to be, be like, times where you're going to have like balancing like more clients, and you're going to need to do more, or you're in season, so it's like a little more chaotic. Yeah. And there's times where you can get by with like, like doing a little week, less. If we do any billable work at all, which we probably will, because I'm getting emails literally. As we record this podcast um it's not gonna be as much as we do this week which will be a lot because i'm trying not to do anything exactly next week. exactly um, so <laughs> definitely you go and you balance your things out and try yeah. to figure out what works for you um yeah i don't think i have any other advice other than that but uh, yeah it's funny because somebody at work camp this weekend and was like i'm just trying between pro- what do you how do you make their question was how do you make money between projects um, but also rest, and I laughed at them. <laughs> You're like, ha! Oh, I was like, rest, like the rest API, because I don't know what that word means. Yeah, I mean, I think that, especially when you're starting out, it's really important to, um, really track your day yeah. and again with the difference between like billable hours and non-billable hours like make sure that you are paying attention to where your time is going because some people will be like oh I've been working all day and it's like okay but you also went off 20 minutes yeah, here say, like searching Facebook and then you open, were over it's like mean you're working exactly if you're watching like whatever Stranger Things 2 on Netflix exactly and so write kind of like open, write down working. everything you yeah. do even just a plain piece of paper write the time and whenever you switch to something new just write what it is and I'm not saying like don't allow yourself to do those things yeah. go ahead and do that but then like when you're when it's all said and done be like oh when I add it all up I can see that I spent two hours of my day like kind of goofing off on the internet and then I spent like four hours doing billable work and then like, you know, two hours doing whatever. So it's like, do that so that you know what you're actually dealing with and then you can kind of figure it out from there. And if you're the type of person that's like, you know what, I don't like to do a lot of work. I like a lot of free and recreational time. So I'm just going to get in there and do my billable hours and like do a little bit of extra stuff and then get out. Great. But you're going to have to like build your day around doing that and be super disciplined. So just keep in mind that you're going to need to track things, especially in the beginning to kind of see how you work and what works best for you. And especially if it's a new industry or something that you're new in, that you're going to become more efficient as time goes on. It doesn't take me 
any amount of time that it took me even three years ago to do some of the things that I do. So it's easy for me to take on projects at the last minute. People are like, oh, it's last minute. I don't know. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can make it work because it's going to take me 10 minutes. Like, yeah. Also know that like because like I tell clients that I don't work on the weekends because I don't want them to expect like stuff from me on the weekends but i do work on the weekends um but it's like different kinds of yeah, work I mean, it's every, a more everybody, relaxed everybody works on the weekend yeah but it's not like it's don't, a more you, relaxed I'm not email situation you on the weekends, exactly unless you're paying me enough where i can take your emails on the weekends which yeah you probably which is won't. a lot yeah exactly. <laughs> which you won't like I, i'm trying to be oprah if you're gonna email me on the weekends uh, right yeah so it's like you know just keep that in mind um, but yeah, just, it's kind of trial and error and what's going to work best for your business. There's not a set formula. It's not going to be 40 hours perfectly like everywhere yeah. else where you're going to have like a lunch break at this time and like, you know, whatever, like it's, it's going to be, that's the point. It's entrepreneurship. So you got to see what works best for you. Oh, business is going well. I'm booking all the time. I'm so booked. I just have to talk about it on Facebook and Twitter and all the stuff because people do that all the time. It drives me nuts. Um, I have no idea to handle my money help so you have all this money and you don't know what to do with it which sounds like you're probably using the wrong thing to take payments <laughs> which sounds like you're probably gonna owe a lot to taxes i was gonna Come say in. first things first talk to your tax person yeah as i was gonna say if you if you don't know what to do with your money then you need to hire an accountant yesterday, yeah 20 like, hours ago hire somebody and plan to first put away yeah, for the taxes so that you'll don't owe. touch any of that money yeah for, unless you're having to pay a contractor because like we said pay them first that's what you're supposed to do yeah um, but then all that other money you need to put aside because you think you're making a lot of money and yep. then you go talk to your um cpa and they tell you you're not yeah i would say like pay your contractors first then talk to your accountant see where the rest of your money needs to go and then see if you want to invest anything and then pay yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's that's generally it. But congratulations on balling out of control. Right. The, if you have a lot of cash, then do like a quick like, like do a boomerang of throwing cash in the air, but don't share it on the internet because that's just tacky. <sighs> One day I want to do that. <laughs> like, I feel like you just need to like go do it. Like get singles. Like take a take a big deposit check. Go to the bank. Get it all cash out in singles, and then do a boomerang. But then yeah. like, don't post it on the internet because people are gonna steal from you. I know. I don't, I don't trust anyone. I like, I feel like I want to do that and like, you know, send it as my Christmas card. Cause my family would just be like, yes, what the heck is wrong with it. you? That's a cute idea. Actually. <laughs> Entrepreneurship. Just cause I always have people in my family like, so what does she do? Like, I don't get it. Like asking my mom all the time and I'll be like, listen, bitch. Yeah. That's funny. That sounds like a bitmoji. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What is accessibility for the web and what are some ways I can look to make my website more accessible, accessibly compliant? So, y'all, um, web content accessibility guidelines is a real thing. It is actually kind of now a legal thing, depending on what type of website you have and what uh, if it's like a federal. I think there's if you federal website or something, you can get penalized by not having your site uh, accessible and what that means is that you are just um your site is accessible it's accessible for people who are have all types of ranges of disabilities it's not just uh the types of disabilities you think of it's everything from being hard of hearing to being deaf to being visually impaired to having uh different nerve disabilities where you need to use like a screen reader or something like that and it's also low bandwidth areas so if you live mm-hmm. in a third world country or a place where the internet is very slow you need to make sure that your website is able to and content is accessible accessible for those people i'm going to read all the stuff that i missed because i just did this weekend i was gonna say like think of it a good way to think of it as you look for that slide is like if you go to a building 
you would want if you made a building you would want that building to be accessible for all people right. so when you're well, and it has to be yeah <laughs> when you're walking out and about in the world like things need to be accessible for all people so in the way like the internet is its own little world and so it needs to be accessible for all people basically um and it's pretty i think the reason why this question comes up a little bit is because uh, people who tend to have sites that are more targeted toward uh, feminine demographics uh, usually do accessibility very wrong. <laughs> and it, it almost like, I'm almost at the point now in 2017 where I'm almost, if I can't be a good person at educating as I did this weekend or having people on, on the internet who do accessibility work all the time, if I can't be a good uh, ally in sharing this information, and educating people, then I, and, and or if people are ignoring this information and they're just trying to do what they want to do, I am almost. I feel like in 2018, I'm probably gonna stop shopping or supporting people who aren't using having accessible websites, just because it's such an easy thing to do, and you choosing not to do it is just because you're being ignorant. And I just I can no longer. We've been talking about accessibility now since like 2000, late 2014. Um, for longer than that, obviously, most people um, have who have those disabilities have been, I'm sure for it, but it's been yeah. mainstream specifically uh, since 2014. The Web Content Accessibility Guidelines 2.0 have had all these rules, and if you're choosing to ignore them, but you're still opening a website in 2018, and you're just being a jerk, I'm probably no longer going to support you, because I don't care about your rose gold, foil, whatever, if people who have, uh, you know, so some of the things that the physical handicaps to think about that people use uh, speech recognition devices, head pointer systems and eye gaze systems. If an eye gaze system cannot pick up the text that is on your site, you are doing it wrong. It may be cute to you, it may be gorgeous to you, but if they cannot read it, you're doing it wrong. Um, so just, I, I, yeah, just your web content, just some things to remember, it should be perceivable, should be operable, should be understanding, understandable and should be robust so that a number of people who are coming to visit your sites your store whatever it should be able to be used if you're making videos you should have captions on your videos in 2018 there is no reason to be putting videos out on the internet and those videos do not have captions that is just a blatant uh, area of disrespect i know we need to do better in having our audio uh captioned out and having it uh transcripted which is something that i'll be working on in 2018 to put the fire under myself because i know people are like well you don't have transcripts I'm working on it. It's not like I don't know, fools. But you guys should know, at least websites. Don't have your websites in, like, cotton cotton candy pink and then having, like, white text on it. There's contrast color guidelines. Um, there's some sites that you can use, actually, to go in. Uh, WebAIM, which is Website Accessibility in Mind. So if you Google that, they have a color contrast checker so that you make sure that you know that the colors that you're using on your website are in the proper contrast for people who have color blindness or other uh, vision impairment. So that is my rant of accessibility. You're welcome. Yeah. And like, why would you want less clients and customers? Right. Yeah. It's just, like it's, it's, yeah. But I think people, because people, and you know this from doing branding work, is that people consistently think of what they want mm-hmm. and they think that that's what their clients want. And it's like your clients or your customers is everyone. Yeah. And so if you're being ignorant of everyone on the web, then you're just being an ignorant business owner or an ignorant content creator, and therefore you no longer need to have access to do those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm just going to ignore you. Like It's very easy for me to do that. Yeah, and by the way, this is super important to think of if you, like me, are doing like branding and design work for nonprofits because they have information that oftentimes that everyone really, really, really needs. So yeah. just make sure that you're paying attention. Thanks.
Awesome. Uh, so how do you manage your personal brand while building a brand for your business? Oh, this is so, such a great question. Who go outside, and by yeah. that I mean like go inside to their computers and their social media. Yeah, I'll say it's, it's, it's important to know if you, because not every, I think that there was a miscommunication in that every single person that owns a business in like 2017 needs to have their brand business and their personal brand. Not true. You can just have your brand for your business and keep up with that and not have a personal brand if that's not, like, if you, you don't have to if put this persona out if that's yeah. not what you want to do. Um, so I think it's important to, like, recognize, do you want to do that? And is that something that, you know, you feel like is going to work uh, well for you? What I do tell clients is that the internet everything that's on the internet can be public. So if you do own a business, don't do anything foolish on the internet. I tell them like, if you don't want to have a personal brand, that's fine. You just want to have like your work version of everything. You want to have like your private accounts. That's fine. But nothing that's private is necessarily private. Yeah, nothing that's private so, is private. I'm um, like, don't do anything stupid on there. I've seen so many people, especially in our wedding industry here in Orlando, oh, I'm going to um, spill a little tea. I'm not going to say any names, but I've seen people just like talk, major crap about other people in the industry, yeah. talk crap about their bride, stuff like that, put it on the internet, and then screen it's screen grabbed shot. and shared in groups where there's tons of different, you know, like thousands of people that work in the industry all able to see it and information even getting back to the yeah. brides. Um, so, yeah, like, if, it, if you're putting it on the internet, it's on the internet forever, and just, yeah, unless you want something out there, do not put it out there. But... If you're like, I think that you're a great example because you, um, like you're like, listen, I'm on the internet and there's some stuff on there, but I'm not going to be like every day working on my brand. I don't care. Um, like, like, so for your personal brand and, but you're, you also don't put out anything that like would be incriminating. Not that I think you would even ever do anything that would be anyways, right. but you know what I mean? It's like, I'm sure that there's times where you have like certain opinions or whatever that you're probably just like. This is probably yeah. just best to oh keep this to myself. Right. I was watching a video um, on YouTube with these content creators, and they were talking about that, like that whole thing about like feeling for, like I think it was in response to the pray for meek meal meek meal thing, in which people feel like they have to. So, or it may have been Tyrese. It was one of those two situations because they both have happened very recently, yeah. um, where people feel like they have to go in and immediately support this thing. But when you own a business. You don't. First of all, you you like a you feel a certain way. Like if you have time to figure out what that thing is, because I yeah, just caught up on all this thing. news literally like. Let's say yesterday. I didn't hear about Meek Mills. I heard about Tyrese. He just went to jail. Um, okay, basically. But, but did he do like did he do something like really he bad? Violated his probation. Oh, why do you have a probation? lot of times? Do we know um, he? Some I think he stole some. I yeah, like this is how into like I don't okay. know. I don't know. I've never I only know about videos. the ty- Tyrese stuff because you know John, like. Pretty Jordan much Johnson. worships The Rock, and then <laughs> um, so those yeah. were tied together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like all this stuff. So basically, just a long story short of it is that people force themselves to have an opinion. So those are people who do that are like, oh, hashtag, you know, free meek meal or pray for Tyrese or whatever or whatever. I'm never probably gonna. It has to be catastrophically mm-hmm. terrible. And there have been things that have been catastrophically terrible where I just don't have the bandwidth, the time, the limitation to to make a statement on social media because that's not the my brand. I think that's what the reality is. And you, that doesn't have to be your brand. That doesn't mean you're building your personal brand by saying strictly that I stand with, you know, the NRA or I don't stand with the NRA or I do this and I stand with that or pray for this or change your Facebook thing to whatever the memorial thing of the week is because it's every week, every yeah. week. Uh, I do make statements on this podcast because I've allowed my brand to have that 
we have this venue, this place mm-hmm. where I can do that. And if I'm in a talk somewhere or I'm giving a talk, I will make a joke about something. I will make fun of our president. I'm going to keep doing it. Like, it's just, it's funny. Uh, so Who's that? We got a president now? <laughs> at the independent, uh, well, we, we don't. We don't. Apparently some people <laughs> some outside people of, might. some people out, out there in that country that we live in have a president. So we're going to, I mean, that's the thing is that there is different ways to manage your personal brand. I do a lot of my management just outside. Like I just, yeah. do, I go outside, do talks and that's more of the stuff. And that I think I that it's important to remember that before social media, obviously that was, yeah, that was yeah. what a, like you, you, like that's David how you did is completely that. The, I mean, he, he does go outside a lot. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, but he also, he, it's interesting. Cause I feel like you are like outside. David is both and I'm like social, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's like, we really like span like all three, yeah, and, but yeah. And I think it's important. Like, you know, if you're building a personal brand, like, to know why, like know what your yeah. purpose is. Um, it's gonna be something that. you're gonna keep up with. Too. Yeah, so don't go out and be like, I'm coming. I'm doing, 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 I want the world to know. And then like you go yeah. back indoors like a day later. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think that it's important to know like the why of why you're building your personal brand, what your goals are with having that brand. Um, and as far as managing it, I think that um, you know, is if you're gonna be doing it like obviously if you're doing it outside, go outside. If you're doing it um, through social media. I think that having schedulers yeah, um, say, helps so much because it's, to. yeah, like every single day you're not going to wake up like, well, maybe you are if you're Unless extremely you're extroverted, um, but if you're introverted like me, you're not going to wake up every single day ready to like share, share, share and feeling like inspired 24 seven. So when you are feeling that way, I think it's really important to get all that written out, organize those photos that you're going to share, get those messages across and have them ready to go. So on the days that you're not feeling quite up to sharing, you're still getting yeah. that, that content out there and expanding your brand. Um, and I, I just think that, you know, thinking about like, again, a lot of it is just like thinking about what do you want to put out into the world? What do you want your personal brand to be? Mm-hmm. And then putting that stuff out so and just staying consistent with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're, yeah. Cause I mean, like, for me, the reason that I want to have a personal brand first and foremost is honestly, um, like just to expand like upon the rest of my businesses because I own multiple businesses and having that personal brand out there, um, just allows me to connect with more clients and that sort of thing and, and people to work with and collaborate with. Um, also that so that I can meet people when I travel because I post a lot of travel content and I love like connecting with other people yeah. that live in different parts of the world. And so I've been able to do that because of Instagram and then also it's for social justice reasons. So I do share, especially on Twitter, it's like, mostly all just like activism stuff and so that's kind of my twitter brand is being like that's where i'm like the most outspoken and there there's just like no f's left that i have um and so i again it connects me with other people that are um doing activism in that in that uh, industry basically um and so yeah i mean i just can connect with other people and find just different ways that i can be involved in that sort of thing so you know, you might even find like me that you kind of have different reasons for different platforms of your personal brand on each platform um, that it tweaks slightly uh, per platform because sometimes it does. But just make sure that you know why, because that's going to make building your personal brand a lot easier. And then when you know your why, just make sure you stay organized and consistent. That's all right. So what are some ways? This is our last business question. What are some ways to juggle the holidays while still managing your business? This is a really great question um, to ask during this time of year. Uh, the holiday season for me personally is Started. November and December. <laughs> it really basically it starts with Halloween, whereas like we don't really need as much prep minus like our costumes. So I don't count all of like October as that season. But like 
I mean, I have, like, that's my spooky time. That's what I call, like, October is spooky time. And then, don't laugh at me. <laughs> and then, and then November, November and December are the holiday season to me. So that's, like, spooky time and then the holiday season. Um, so for me, it's, a, like, August and September tend to be slow. And, man, do I go in during those times because I'm, like, I need to prep. September and then even so slow. Yeah, even October... <laughs> Yeah, even October, like, October seems to pick up really, like, socially yeah. for me for whatever reason, but I can still get a lot of, de- like, a lot done in October and kind of piggyback off of um, September and what, like, in terms of, like, how much extra stuff and how I'm getting, like, ahead of the game. And then November and December, a big part of it is just being, like, this is two months of my life. It's going to be busy. It's going to be crazy. It's also mm-hmm. joyous. It's a lot going on at once, and it's okay for it to be an emotional, busy, like, intense time and that's fine um and sometimes you're going to be tired and you're just going to like i'm experiencing burnout right now i'm in the middle of burnout like angelica came in today and i was like i dropped the ball on things that i was supposed to do for the podcast and i take full responsibility because i suck and i'm experiencing burnout right now and she knows what that is like so she was like girl you are fine um so it's like today i'm taking today to kind of like catch up and i'm going to take saturday at off like just off completely because i'm like i need a day because burnout um so it it happens i'm kind of almost this sounds weird but i'm glad i'm having it now because i don't want to have it in december because it's going to be a lot going on and i'm hosting like it originally was supposed to be i was supposed to be going up north for thanksgiving and then christmas like my mom was supposed to be hosting it turned into i'm hosting both holidays so i'm not really sure how all that happened but um i'm going to be hosting both holidays and (laughs) also running mini sessions and also i just booked you know, the biggest project that I've had in my life so far. And then I have two projects that would be even bigger that I'm like in the process of hopefully maybe booking fingers crossed. So it's like, it's just a lot going on and it's very busy. Um, but it's just, I think that it's, you know, it's a season to be thankful and it's a season to be joyous. And so really when you're looking at all the things going on, like be like, you know, I'm thankful that I can even have all this going on. And then when it's too much, just it's okay to tell the people around you and be like, listen, I am burned out today it is all too much. Can you help me with A, B, and C? Or I just need, like, I can't get you anything today. I just need to take the day. And that's fine. That's, like, that's 100% fine. And I always tell my clients during the season, like, if you're booking around the season for certain things, um, you know, I, I kind of give us an extra week in what yeah. we have to get done. Because I kind of expect, like, I might have a designer or developer tell me in the ne- over the next two months, like, hey, this is going on and I can't get you. Like, I'm kind of, like, almost... I don't like, I'm not saying like that's something that I want to happen all the time, but right, I'm kind but of building just, that right. in. You just make sure you're not caught off guard. Exactly. All of a the exactly. Because I understand that this season is just a lot um, for people. But yeah, I think it's just important to like not let, not let the commercialism and the craziness of all of this like steal your joy for the season because to me it's just such like a happy time. And I know that so many people dislike Christmas because they get stressed out. And that makes me sad because it's like, then then find ways to change that process. I mean, obviously with your business, it's like if it's your busy time for your business, you got to go hard because you're going to be making a lot of money and probably that money might be, like this might be your money maker and right. that's fine. But you know what? Is, is presents stress you out? Like if buying presents stress you out? Maybe do like a holiday trip this year instead. Like wh- when my um cousin had three kids and she was like, I'm stressed out and I don't want to yeah, do like a big a trip, Christmas. Dude. She talked to like my uncle and they decided as a family, they all just went to um, whatever island they always go to. They always go to Samoa, but they just went there and they didn't do, point, girl. they didn't do any like, 
you know, they didn't do a tree. They didn't do, you know, presents. They didn't do that stuff. And they just went and had family time together. And that's what made help them get through well, the season. And the season, kids also you know? remember. I think that's a huge thing. I've seen this a lot with some of the moms that I know and the mom friends and them being super stressed out about Christmas is that, oh, I need this to be perfect and da 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 and as somebody whose child's birthday is literally right after Christmas, I am, I just am not there. I don't, I don't, I don't feel what that I pressure. Remember, just because yeah. it just, that's not what she's going to remember. She's not going to remember that. what the garland looked like in the living room and the, you know, all this stuff. Like, yeah, that's nice to have. And yep. of course it's nice to do those things. To, she, she'll remember putting up together. Yes. I was saying, like, it's interesting because, so I, I would have like Christmas, like a big traditional Catholic Italian Christmas at my grandparents' house. And have seven sets of aunts and uncles. So I'd get, a, like, one gift from each of them and then a gift from my grandparents. So that was, like, that yeah. was, like, an intense situation. It was really fun. And then the next day, Christmas Day, would be at my mom's house. Um, what I remember, though, is, like, I remember gifts, but I remember more of the excitement before opening them. It didn't really matter what they were. Yeah, I was going to say. If like, every, I couldn't tell you what seven, my aunts and uncles got, got yeah, me. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably could not remember no, what they got you. I just remember that they got me something. Yeah. And that I was thankful for it. And, like, mostly I remember sitting with my cousins before we'd open the gifts. And that excitement You're of, right. like, and oh, we're, like, gonna we're going to open the gifts. I do remember, like, the way my grandmother's food tastes and stuff like that. I remember, like, singing with my family or making cookies, like, you know, decorating cookies, stuff like that. I remember that. But it's, like... You don't really remember a lot of the gifts. I I will say this, though. Because I am such a book person, I do remember a few of the books. Like, I have Little Women up on my shelf right God there. And my aunt women. got me that. And she wrote in, a, like, in the front of it. Um, and I was probably, I don't even remember. I was a kid. Um, and I remember, like, and then another aunt and uncle got me the book Speak, which I still have. So I remember books because I'll revisit them. But besides that, I couldn't tell you anything and I'm like I don't mean that in an unappreciative way I was I loved the gifts I was super I never like was the type of kid that got gifts and I was like oh I don't like this I loved them all it's just like that's not what I remember like I remember like my family my grandparents and laughing and eating food and those are the things you remember you yeah. know so try to focus on like the joy in the moments and spending time with people and I think that you know, if you're if you're a little more focused on like the time you're spending with your kids or your significant other, your friends or whatever, that's gonna make the season a lot easier than being stressed about like gifts and like yeah. whatever. And I think if, in terms of the business side, scale back. Just the reality of December is that you cannot work a full month. Like it's not gonna be realistic. Even if you don't celebrate Christmas, you don't celebrate holidays. Chances are that your clients do celebrate some type of holiday. If it's yeah. Hanukkah, if it's Kwanzaa, if it's something else, there's winter solstice also in December. And I know a lot mm-hmm. of people do celebrate that. Um, so just figure out how to scale back in a way that you can still pay your bills. And ask for help. Yeah, ask for help if you have people who are off, like, if you're, like, for instance, John is a teacher, so if you're yeah. working, if you're married to someone who has more off time in the holidays yep. than you do, Man, ask them to come in and It's a joyous occasion, because he, he'll have a week for Thanksgiving, and he has two weeks for Christmas, so I will be relying on him. Also, I think if you have entrepreneur friends that, like, have different businesses than you. Right. Um, it may be slow season for somebody yeah. who's in a different industry, and it may be busy. Like, if you're in stationary, it's insane from now until... The end of uh, Valentine's Day, basically. Yeah. Um, so you need to have someone that may be in a different type. Like weddings are slower now. So your yep. wedding related friends may have more time. So you can pay them to come in and help you shipping and, and or whatever packaging. Do that stuff. And say, so, yeah, especially like with shipping and packaging. If you like run a Etsy shop or you yeah, have like some sort of business that's of, product yeah, based, right. you can bring people in no matter what to like help you package. Or another idea is like, let's say that you're like, OK, I can't really trust like people that aren't 
don't have a skill set to like help out with any of these things, this would be a great time that even if you don't normally outsource, plan to outsource during this time of year. Yeah. So maybe put aside some money to outsource for November and December mm -hmm. if that's like a wild time for you. Maybe that's your Christmas gift to yourself. And that's cool. For real. Yeah. True stories. So. I like it. My Christmas gift it. to myself this year is going to be getting more massages and facials during the month of November and December. I have like a spot called membership. So every time that I like every month I don't use it, it kind of rolls over. So I've kind of been rolling over for the past few months while it's been slower so that I can just do like a ton of them now. So I can be going in like every week and getting a massage. So that way it'll keep me like keep my stress levels down. So find ways to make it work. But it's, you know, just just remember that it's it's two months and it should it be a will, fun, happy it two too months. Shall pass. It too shall pass. Yeah. So try to enjoy it while it's still here. So we got through all of our business questions. We have a few personal fun questions that y'all have asked that we are going to answer quickly uh, before we finish up today. Yeah. So I feel like we get a lot of these sort of questions and we don't answer a lot of them, but um, this will sure. be fun. Um, so the first one is, what is your favorite non-creative activity besides working out? Which it's like, that would have been what I would have said. <laughs> first of all, I don't even know what non-creative activity is. Like, what is a non-creative activity? Okay, so least? I'm like, is reading one? I know, because that's the only one I can think of. And if that's reading what I was it, wondering. I guess so I don't know it. if, like, I don't know if y'all will accept reading. That's what I would say. If right. not, if you want to accept reading and it can't be working out. And I'm also like, can it be taking a walk? Like, is that a form that's of working, working out? out? Yes. Oh, that's man, because that's a good one, too. Um. Um, I do like, uh, well, I mean, going to theme parks, I do that a lot. I don't know if that's, I mean, that, yeah, that can that's, be both creative and kind of working. No, it's not working out. I think that's more fun. Yeah. I think going to theme parks is a non-creative activity because you don't really like they're being creative yeah. on behalf of you paying them to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but like for, unfortunately for this question, I find it a creative practice because I go and get inspired there. Yeah, so I'm my, like, like, I, I don't, don't know. Like if you're any... a super creative person or if you're like yeah, a super active person or whatever, it's kind of hard to, creative. I will say this though. I do enjoy watching TV when I have time. I don't always have time to like watch it in like real time. So yeah. I'll go in oh, no, and I'll I watch mean, like who watches TV in real time? Who are these people? Like I'll watch like four episodes that I like missed the last like four weeks or whatever and watch them all at once. So for, for example, lately we've been catching up on Gotham. And oh, yeah, so <laughs> we caught up. Yeah, we caught up on this. I think we're caught up on this season. We watched like four or five episodes um, over the like past like few days or whatever. Um, so I, I really love like a really good TV show. Like but that's I feel like it's not non-creative for me because I, exactly. a lot of my friends watch the same creative show or and shows, then you talk about, talk about it and like, like in a obnoxious way like you yeah. analyze like the writing and yeah and stuff. I mean like you know there's like fan fiction and all these are, so I, I don't know I don't know what it like how about this y'all tell us what non-creative activities are and, and then, then we will tell you which one of them we might like I do any of them because I feel like everything like if I'm going, I think everything kind of ends I'm up traveling, being I'm like I'm going to oh yeah I'm going to yeah. I'm doing creative stuff while I'm traveling and especially like cooking exactly, things like that yeah. Creative. I'm sorry. I don't and then if you're not doing something creative, like you're moving it on your body. I out, but I mean, we're still creative. I'm talking to people um, about creative stuff. It's very creative when we hang out. But what are you saying, talking like, about? I, could, I have non-creative friends that I do hang out with. So I think, there you go. I hang out. I talk to people who don't do creative jobs. You're welcome. I, I feel like I probably do too, but I'm trying to like, oh, activism? Would that count? 
I, okay. Because I was like, I have friends that I talk to them. You're like, like super creative. I'm like, I run like a, a small like, like activism group. people who have group. the activism groups are like the most creative people I, because I they have to analyze to things in a this way. Question. I don't know. Okay. Question number two. Whatever. <laughs> when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? I think their little is very subjective. What term does that mean? Like how, what age? Because I feel like, um... I just had so many things that I think I want to do, but I think by, like, 12, I was 100% sure that I was going to be a neurologist. Like, you could not have told me any differently. Mm. And that obviously did not happen because I'm sitting here talking to you people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a, in surgery. I'm not Derek Shepard or anything, <laughs> uh, which would have been a neurosurgeon, which I didn't even know neurosurgery was even it. Like, I didn't even think of that as an option until now I'm watching Grey's Anatomy. I'm like, I could have easily gone to school to be a surgeon. Like, that would have been awesome. I actually like, think you'd be a great surgeon. I, all the time, I joke with David about, like, when I turn 30, I think I'm gonna go back to school and become a surgeon. And he thinks I am like, like I'm not smile. even kidding. Like I it'll feel take me. I'd be forty. Like I'd be forty five esque by the time I'm like done with residency. Yeah, That's not that old. You just, just have like a really good demeanor that I feel like a surgeon should have. Big, like you can steady. like be really calm and that sort of thing. And like you can like everything. Like you you know that meme where the little like puppy dog or whatever sitting in the fire and he's like this is fine it's yeah. like you're like that but you're actually <laughs> fine you're like it's fine i got it oh my and nothing really um grosses me out in terms of medical term and i i watch weird stuff and read medical journals for fun so that's what i want i also like it for a short very small period of time i really did want to be a graphic designer like i was really excited when i found out that gra- well it was graphic artist excuse me that's what the terminology was in 2000, I'm sure. Uh, and I saw this little article because in the AJC, people in Atlanta, how you doing? Uh, they would do college previews back then. I don't know if they still do it. People don't even read newspapers. They probably don't. Um, they had, like, college previews during around April, May. So they all the colleges would, like, you know, do all their biggest ads and everything. So there was always, like, this giant section about all the different colleges. And, of course, I, like, go over and I'm reading because that's what I did as a child. And I see SCAD had an article about their graphic mm-hmm. artist program. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Heck yes, I'm moving to Savannah. I'm going to be a graphic artist because it sounds like art, but on the computer, I'm going to do that thing. And I guess that part of my brain that I put in the dormant part for most of my teenager dumb uh, re-emerged around 15 and took over my life. And now that's what I do every day. <laughs> so fun fact, when I was like a small child, I wanted to be the smartest person in the world all caps i feel like that's fine i just thought that that was like a job that you could do like i thought that there was like one person that was like the most beautiful person one person that was like the smartest person one person that was like the best singer or like whatever yeah. the different categories were so i i wanted to be the smartest person in the world that's like time to ask like little christmas who she thought the best singer was but you uh, I, I thought it was Mariah. You were um, <laughs> and then after that, actually, I wanted to be like once I kind of understood jobs a little bit more, I wanted to be like a singer or an actress. Uh, and, you know, realistically, I probably wanted to continue being a singer probably until I was like about 19. And I really learned a lot about the because I started recording yeah. like 18, 19 and learning a lot about the industry. And I was like, I don't the know if I want to do y'all. this. Yeah. <laughs> it's not cool. Having friends who are like. Yeah. I was like, no, vocalists. thank you. And then. um Pretty much, like, I, I wanted to be a lawyer for a little while because I have, like, three family members that are lawyers. And then I, like, saw what they actually do and saw their paperwork and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, no thanks. I'm good there. Um, <laughs> so much reading. I've always, I love to read. I've always wanted to be, yeah, it's, like, just, not fun. Oof. I've always wanted to be a writer, and I still want to be a writer. That's That's kind of, like, the childhood dream that... I haven't really given up on. Um, I remember like teachers would, 
you know, write on my papers when I was in school and be like, you should be a writer when you grow up. And it wasn't like, it wasn't even from there that I got the idea, but it was like, that was kind of yeah. like just affirmation that I was like, this is really what I want to do. And I mean, I'm I like, I'm writing a novel right now. So you know what? It'd be really cool if that happened. Um, but yeah, I think probably, I mean, I still think that you're really young when you're, when you're 20, 21, 22. And so it was around that time that I decided that I wanted to be a business owner. Um, and at first I thought that I was going to be a business owner and a psychologist and that I'd have a a firm and firm. Is that what you call if you're an office? I don't know. Um, I thought that I'd be like a head psychologist and have like other psychologists work underneath me and whatever. And then I, I worked for someone who does that. And I was like, I'm still, I still want to be an entrepreneur. I'm like, I like the, the, business side of this, but I don't want to be um, a psychologist. So I've always known I want to do something creative and then I've wanted to be an entrepreneur. So, but yeah, for, I, I think for the longest time it was really like singer or writer. Those were like the main things. Yeah. yeah. Or my, um... if you could just have like a job, like, you know how like they have video game testers. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be an editor. I just want to be a reader. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to like edit the books. I just want to read, read them the and books. enjoy them. <laughs> video game the book testers yeah i think i feel like my um aptitude tests always told me that i need to be a teacher um which was very very funny because i was like nah that ain't happening you'd actually be a good teacher too i think you'd be a really good surgeon probably like my retirement thing is to be like an art teacher yeah, I like I taught um, for five years at uh, Citrus Elementary School in Orlando, um, and I was like I'm a permanent say, sub there. I don't like children. Yeah, I was a permanent <laughs> sub there, you, you so like, I worked. You were so sweet. Yeah, to I really worked like I I didn't do kindergarten because kindergarten I, like it, it like it was rare that I did a kindergarten. I normally did um, third through fifth grade, and I knew like I like learned all the curriculum and stuff there because I was there for five years. That's how John and I met, and I really did love it. But I was like going to school at the time and everything, and everyone there was like, "Oh, when you finish school, we're gonna hire." here and I was like no fam like I'm not trying to stay here I'm like this is really cool and like working with kids is amazing but being married to a teacher I see what teachers go through I see how little they're paid for all the hard work that they do um and I just see like even beyond just yeah even beyond just like the money it's just like even just the appreciation and respect and all that yeah it's just like I was like yeah I'm not doing that and you can't even like pee when you want to pee no you know you think about stuff like you that it's like literally bed, it's dude. like yeah if it's like you got little they go to sleep if they're not little then they go outside for recesses and then you can maybe tag out with another yeah it's like if it if really you know they go to specials or they go to lunch or whatever yeah. and then you get a chance to pee and i'm just like i just oh man this is it's just it's so much work it's one of the hardest most rewarding jobs but you really have to get that reward from like within you know like you can't expect like the the parents or your staff. I mean, if you have a great, if you have great parents and a great staff, then great. But a lot of times teachers don't, and they don't you get that pat that on the back that they should. Thing on the inside of your body. Exactly. That, um, I don't have. So yeah. And John mostly teachers. has it, but some days like he doesn't. And I have to remind him like, you are doing the Lord's being. work. You are doing He's, the Lord's work. Doing the Lord's work. Save yeah. Kids. <laughs> All right. So next question is, what is your favorite TV show? Very easy for me. Game of Thrones. The end. <laughs> I like. I don't feel like I have a favorite TV show. I, I love Game don't. of Thrones. It's so ridiculous. Like I schedule 
my week around Game of Thrones when it's out. I spend the time between one episode to the next reading like every fan fan theory. Like this last season, I read so much stuff that like there were no new articles for me to read about Game of Thrones. It was ridiculous. Like Mondays, I did not honestly work on Mondays because I just spent the entire day like reading stuff about Game of Thrones. It was it's honestly like a little bit scary, and I think I might need help. You, you, I think you, yeah. I think this is is actually a cry for help. And um, if you know a number, (laughs) Game of Thrones addicts, yeah, problems. uh, Let her know. I'm. It's way too intense. I have a favorite um, tried and true TV show because we watch a a lot of different shows of a lot of different styles. I I like, and I I get in and out of shows sometimes. Same. I am still watching Grey's Anatomy. Wow, that five people who are doing. But I didn't watch it when it came out. I didn't watch yeah. it until like three years ago okay. on Netflix. So then I binge watch, and so it doesn't mean like I'm not. I'm, I like it, but but I know it's trash. A B, it's it's like it's Shonda. Sometimes you like stuff that's yeah, trash, just, oh, though. Yeah. It's like I mean, oh, I gosh. feel that way about Scandal at this point. Like I'm not saying Scandal was trash in the beginning, but the but last few episodes or the last quick. few seasons like have been kind of trash. But I'm like, I I'm still holding TV. on. Yeah, so I just I'm in and out of, on TV. I don't. I mean, I watch, but I mean, like I will go to fight you about Stranger Things. Like if you touch my boys, yes, I will throw an echo. I say I like. I'm very like. Stranger Things is probably my second or third, like somewhere in their favorite show. I would say like the first few seasons of Orange is the New Black um, were like some of my favorite things I've ever seen on TV. Pretty much a lot of what Netflix does is like all kind of going to be like I would say that Netflix and HBO both have a lot of like shows that have been like top favorites for me. Um, I'm really like digging like Insecure yeah, for sure. Insecure. Oh, Atlanta when it was yeah. on was my favorite show at the time. I like for lots of shows. Oh, say I like lots of shows that have lots of black people too yeah. because it's just well, I just Atlanta love it. So um, like, like a different world if we're gonna go like way back in time. I like, didn't love it when it was on TV because and living I wasn't single. in the age range. Same, that same. Sense. I wasn't really, and I didn't really love living single. I kind of. Like, got into, I liked like, living girl, single, but I didn't get a lot of living single at the time. Yeah. And like when I go back and watch, it, I'd be like, oh, and like I, I enjoyed it, but it was more in the way that I enjoyed like other shows like yeah, right. Martin, where a lot of stuff yeah, like exactly. flew out yeah. over my head, but and I would just laugh anyway. at it in the moment. And then like later, you go back and you're like, yeah. oh, cool. But, but I think Living Single was like one of those shows where I really, I'm really like I didn't get all the themes, but I really connected with the female yeah, characters, and I really like, liked seeing oh like like the different, yeah, like, like how strong and empowered she was, and like just seeing these different types of black womanhood all yeah. at the same time was like really powerful. And I think awesome. your brother sh- shared that article that was about Living Single. How it's basically yeah. like friends, no, stole. friends stole yeah. yeah, yeah. But I read well, it in depth, like because I've yeah. read some analysis, but I liked how they talked about um just them all having like executive level jobs but still needing yes. to share an apartment yeah whereas with very friends hard. like i don't know any first of all i don't know anything about friends i'm just assuming, so didn't rachel work friends, at a coffee shop so in or friends was she, a waitress or something? she was a waitress and but her a, family yeah. was rich and, and then Monica got the apartment because her grandmother owned it. Yeah, and it was rent or something? Well, I think, it, like, it, I, I could be wrong, but I want to say her grandmother owned it, and then they just paid the grandmother, like, okay. yeah, a like set no amount money. or whatever. Right. And I mean, uh, yeah. If you're if you ha- if you had money but to buy never, stuff in Manhattan not, back then, it's like been an option exactly. For a it wouldn't have. Yeah, and that's what was so funny yeah. about it. So it's like so you have Monica who has this this apartment from her grandmother, and then Rachel who half the time I feel like doesn't like she eventually gets a job, but like in the beginning she doesn't have a job, and then she works at a coffee shop. But because her family's rich, and then right. it's like the whole thing where it's like 
like a big part of that storyline was like her becoming independent, but she had like credit cards to fall back on and family yeah, to fall and back on. To yeah, and then the other two like living across the hall, Chandler and Joey. Like Joey wasn't struggling actor, and he didn't work half the time either. Yeah. So I'm just like I don't. I don't understand. And rewatching Will and Grace, it's it's very similar in which Grace is an entrepreneur. She has enough money to pay for a studio, but then she. Makes enough money to have an apartment, but still can't sustain it. So then she has to move on Will. But Will's a lawyer, and he makes enough money to take care of all of them. Paired up with Karen, of course, who makes Stan who's super rich. In comparison to on L.A. having girlfriends and that the scene of girlfriends, I liked that Joan was independent and written. and I think that's kind of my introduction as a kid I didn't really like it mm-hmm. but rewatching it now as an adult I'm like so in love with Tracy Ellis Ross and, and yes. Joan as a character of being oh. this kind of awkward person but she was a lawyer and she and I'm good. wondering like, she was comfortable she I was like and it's funny because like I want to say like oh I wonder why black shows choose to be more realistic yeah. but the reality is they're not being more realistic it is also realistic that the white people live in these places and don't do much because yeah. that is real life like they talk about in friends like how the hell do they have this time to sit around the couch all the time yeah, they, the and talk thing, every single was, day. Yeah, they had time to yeah. Go to and the it's like shop. because yeah. they all, most of them have like generational wealth. Right, yeah. Um, I like so, that article a lot because it really did um, yeah. kind of open things up. But yeah, it definitely, if you have time to rewatch some of those amazing Man, shows, the 90s were like such, like, so such a great good. time for shows. And we were like, again, I was too young to like, we were so I loved it all. But, like, I didn't even know that this was, like, something that That would be temporary. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, I just thought, like, I can just come home and watch lots of black people doing different things on TV, and it's awesome. And, again, a lot of it at the time wasn't for, like, my age demographic, so a lot of it just kind of went over my head. Um, but you watched but, it anyway because those are people who look like yeah, you. Yeah, like, and now it's like it's you have to go back and watch those shows because it's. I mean, we are getting some new ones, yeah, it's but getting, it's, it's not. Getting, it's not it's where a lot it needs to better be. than it was five years ago. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. So, what is one place that you would like to visit that you haven't been to yet? And oh man, I think I got into like a travel complaint uh, last Monday. I feel like in a group that I was in because we were all like, we just want to be somewhere else, and I'm so. Uh, in love with Amsterdam. I'm in love with Copenhagen and I'm in love still with like Kyoto. Like those are my top three right now. And New Zealand has a huge, like New Zealand, I feel like I would have to spend a summer there just because it's so mm-hmm. far. Um, so those places are really where I, my, my heart, I feel like would love to be. This is a hard one because I really just want to visit everywhere that I haven't been yet and I haven't been to so many places. Um, I really kind of like in the back of my mind, like I feel like I want to like visit, like I want to step on every continent. So I want to go to Antarctica and I don't think that this will be something that I'll attempt for a long time because number one, like money wise, it's really, I mean, I've already looked it up. So (laughs) like it's very intense right now. It's not an easy place to get to. Um, and it's it can be like dangerous depending yeah. on like the route you choose. But or I'm talking your like body, like how your body can adjust. To yeah, I'm talking climate. like twenty grand per yeah, person are a lot of the options, and that's that's going from a plate like that's you have to travel to another place yeah. then of course to even start that twenty thousand dollar journey. Um, so I'm hoping that in the next like I don't know like twenty years or so there are some better options for getting there. You need it's to tweet it's one of those Elon things Musk and tell him to put his eyes on Africa. Yes. It's one of those things that like it it'll be the last continent that I visit. You know what I mean? Um but really like I've been thinking a lot about like a trip to Africa and where we would go and what that would look like and where I'd want to visit. Um it's the problem is like it's just like it's such a large, Africa, beautiful like area that there's so many. Take, like a couple of months just because there's so yeah, there's much so much to see. The that is just um, Tanzania is definitely like 
top of the list. Um, but I, I really, I don't know. I just kind of want to go all over. It's like, it's very different, like being in the north or south or east or west. It's like, I definitely want to hit everything. Yes. Yes. So, So, I mean, I think that probably realistically, um, first we'd probably get to Morocco just because if we're over in Europe, it's, it's a lot easier to get down there. Um, so that'll probably be like the first place that we would go. That is like close on my list. Um, but yeah, I mean that like Antarctica and Africa really right now, like, and that's again, they're both like very general because there's lots of places to go on both continents. Um, and honestly, I'm at this point, I'm just kind of like anywhere because I want to go to all of it, yeah. you know, uh, whereas like Europe, I don't feel that way. There's a lot that I want to see in Europe, but I don't necessarily want to go everywhere um, in Europe. Um, a good amount of it. Um, and I want to go to Canada because I've never been and it's right there. So I, I, I'm kind of just like, like, why um, haven't I been yet? Like, like I've like this summer we've been kind of debating like we'd like to take a month off and travel, yeah. and we're deciding like does that mean we're going to go back to you know like the UK area? Should we go to Canada or should we do like a an American trip because yeah. we've also not done like West, you know, Pacific United States North or whatever. Coast. Yeah, or even just like doing. I mean, we've done the East Coast before, but like there's a lot of great places and I have family here, so we're like revisiting that. So we're kind of deciding what we're going to do, but. I'm like, man, Canada like seems so great, There's and I've a never been. Ball in I think Toronto that um, one of my friends posted about because she either she went or she somebody she knew went. And so David and I, first of all, are like, I feel like it's a crime that David, being of West Indian descent, mm-hmm. has not been too carnival. Yes, that is a crime, actually. Um, so I feel like we're like looking at that one because it's it gives you an excuse a to go to Canada and b go to carnival. Like, come on, friends. Um, yeah. So yeah, we will get there. It just is time. And yeah, I want to do Toronto and Montreal. Sponsor us to right? go to any of these places. I will gladly. Yes, we will absolutely. podcast live. We will podcast, we will podcast from every day. Wherever. I can do every day. Podcast. I'll podcast from Antarctica. That's fine. Yeah, I'm just right. go hang out with penguins. Man, it's Email just like us. I think Hello about places like that, and I think about <laughs> getting my camera out, and I'm just like. <gasps> Like, I would just, like, no one would see my face because I would just be, like, living behind my camera because I'd just be like, oh, this is amazing. Like, I'd have to, like, capture everything. And then I'd put my camera away and then I'd just, like, be still in a place like that and it'd just be... Ugh. I just can't imagine, like, because it's just such a... It's on Earth, but it seems like it's another world. Yeah. So... It's so unreachable. Yeah. There's not really anywhere that I'm like, I don't want to go there. I'm like, I pretty much want to go everywhere. I have a few places I don't want to go. I mean, <laughs> there's there. I will say this: if places don't like women, black people, or LGBT, I don't want to go. But other than that, if they are accepting to women, black people, and LGBT, then I want to go. I'm pretty open. Pretty yeah. open. Yeah. Alrighty. All well. right. Well, thank you for sending in your questions. Keep sending them in. We will try to work them into episodes more often. But if we can't, and they pile up. Then we will do this again and just have a listener questions episode because it's super fun uh so thanks for listening and we love you guys and we hope that you are having an awesome november